we will be exploring the grisly tale of Fiddlesticks Caldwell and how he left six night nurses strung up with a chamber of candles and they were dancing around like puppets and they praised him a lot. He forced them to praise them a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. And then he, he made him jerk him off a lot. Then he, then he used his cum to spell out, why don't you love me? And that's when he miraculously cut them all down and then he took his own life, but uh, not before telling them that they were very unwholesome and then that really hit home with them and it was very sad. It's true crime. This is what true crime is. Every day we talk about hurting women. It's injuring women. We like stories about injuring women. That's what it's mostly about. Women like stories about women getting injured because it makes them feel better. You know how the dames are competitive. They're really competitive, these dames, and they always just want to hear about other girls getting hurt. That's why they like Mean Girls. You know the scene where Rachel McAdams bites it from the bus? That's it, that's the fantasy. You get even with all your enemies. You're pretty Lindsay Lohan. But guess what, that killer, that killer, he doesn't see you as Lindsay Lohan. He's the bus, and you're Rachel McAdams. Do you understand? Do you understand how dangerous a world this is? Do you understand that you're constantly beset on all sides by frothing men who will do anything to cut you up? They're gonna cut you. They gotta 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 cut you. Welcome to House of True Crime. It's House of True Crime, sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew. Your Blue Chew are chewable tablets that you can take that have um, zonafil and xylanafil. Just because you're hard boiled doesn't mean you don't have to be hard boiled. And, uh, These you, are detective stories. These are hard-boiled detective stories. You can use uh, promo code House of Decline or House of Decline twenty. Um, I think it's either one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bluechew.com. Chewable yeah, yeah. tablets to make your boner good. You're gonna as same as the boner you're gonna get when you listen to these stories about murdered women. If you like sex and true crime you'll love blue chew yes nothing like reading a devil in the white city with a massive erection hh yes. holmes i'm an hh homosexual well we're getting up into crew true crew crime crew crime crew crime up here true crew crime stories we we're just constantly our mouths agape soy facing as we talk about our favorite murdered women so uh, sometimes the serial killers kill men as well, you know. Yeah, they kill men. That's those are fun. Those oh, you are like fun. Those Everybody ones. likes those. Okay. I mean, they're 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 the more they're the less problematic ones because okay. you know we have it coming. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's horrible. I mean, uh, uh, mm-hmm. there's uh, who are who are the men serial killers? We got Jeffrey Dahmer. We got John Wayne Gacy. Uh, you mean the men serial killers of men? Yeah. Right. The male serial killers There's of men. There's very few the, women serial killers. There are a few. I mean, the famous example is Eileen Wuornos. And they made a movie about her. Was where, that with Charlize Theron? Yeah, she, she uglified her face. And then she got an Oscar for, for playing convincingly ugly. And serial killer. I haven't seen the movie. I, 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 hmm. for what I assume, it must be good. You know who directed that is fucking uh, Patty Jenkins, the woman that eventually directed Wonder Woman. Huh. Well, so, that's, you know, well, huh. I mean, Wonder Woman's a serial killer. Yeah, absolutely. She's a serial killer. She, she's definitely in the IDF. She's definitely, you know, hmm. punching Palestinian kids. I sympathize with their desire for land. If Themyscira, if they ever tried to come for Themyscira, I don't know what I would do. So this is why I must defend Israel. It's my Gal Gadot impression. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot is the greatest actor on earth. Hmm. She will overcome. She will win an Oscar in 10 years. 
for playing. I don't know what will what will Gal Gadot win the Oscar for? Probably playing with like a serial killer. Yeah, she'll play a serial killer. She'll play. Uh, she'll play Catherine Knight, uh, the Australian lady, uh, or Belle Gunness. But who? I mean, who's like? Uh, we we do have obsession with hot serial killers, or hot lady. Did you see Killing Eve? Did you ever see that show, Killing Eve? Uh, yeah, I boycott that uh, actress. Both of the actresses, actually. Sandra Eyre, and I don't know what the lady's name is. Yeah, the like the one who's doing the killing. The, the, yeah, the the uh, yeah, Villanelle the, is her name. In she's the show. in the new Ridley Scott movie. That so I'm not going to see it. Uh, the Last Duel. Yeah. I like it because it's Ben Affleck no, no, and no. Matt Damon. It, ben, A- ben Affleck's wait, Ben Affleck's in it? No, they wrote it. Oh. Matt Damon's in it. But ben it's, what's interesting it? is Yeah, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. It's their first screenwriting collaboration since Goodwill Hunting. And but it's funny they do it they're like this Boston fried medieval take. I it'd be funny if they were just all had uh, Boston accents for some reason. And Ridley they got Ridley Scott to direct it. Yeah. And it's got Adam Driver. Oh, it's got Adam Driver in it. What's yeah. Adam Driver doing? Being retorted. Being retarded. He's been just. He's he has like a weird long face. He's being retorted. And he's just. He, he just has a neutral expression with his weird long face, and everyone's like, "Yes." You know. You know about the Kuleshov effect, right? The who? The what? Who? The Kuleshov effect? No, I don't. That's not. A, I don't know. No, that's a that's a thing in film that you learn in film one hundred and one class, where it's uh, the 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 oh, it's cinematographer. That, it's like Alexa- is that Alexander technique? Is that what it is? No, no. The Alexander technique is when you breathe from the taint. <laughs> uh, the the Kuleshov effect is when if you have a a film, uh, someone with a neutral expression, and you edit things uh, in front of and behind that uh, neutral expression. You can, uh, you can uh, judge what the character is feeling, even though they have a neutral expression. So if you, you show a picture of a circus, and then the guy with the neutral neutral expression, and then the picture of the circus, the audience will think, oh, it, he's happy, he is at a circus. But then you show a funeral, and the guy with the neutral expression, and then the funeral again, and then he's, oh, the guy is sad. So, um, the context of what is surrounding an image determines how the audience interprets that image, which is uh, an interesting feature of film. And uh, that's that's all I'm saying. Adam Driver has one of those faces that's very good at Kuleshov affecting, hmm. where his neutral expression is like, you can just plant any any emotion onto that. It, like, there's no, there's, his yeah. face is just making every expression at once when it's in its neutral mode, which is why... He just has that. He just has that cheek bony face. That's yeah, my like theory the, on why he's like the ketchup of actors. He's good on everything. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, yeah, yeah will just uh, come watch Adam Driver and his weird long face. Uh, did you like the Star Wars sequels? Did you like him in the Star Wars sequel? I don't care about fucking mm-hmm. Star Wars. I don't fucking care about Star Wars anymore. I'm into true crime now. Wow, true crime or true crime uh, or true crime prodcast. Um, we, we should do the true crime of, of Star Wars, where, you know, oh, there's there's a Jedi serial killer. I guess he'd be a Sith serial killer, and he uses the Force to to torture and mutilate. Hmm. Yeah, that's boring. I don't know. I find true crime boring. I'm sorry. Let me true crime. Put yeah. that out there. I guess the other reason why we're talking about it is because it's now become, it's hit this fever pitch as a cultural phenomenon where it's become this very normy thing to like true crime like mm. i love my pumpkin spice latte and my true crime podcast you know it's become a very a very yeah Stacey i mean thing to... okay we have 17 different law and orders so yeah i don't know how much we're at a peak like yeah. are you sure we're at a peak wasn't the peak like when everyone was watching tnt remember that that channel do you have that in canada tnt uh yeah we have tnt you have tnt really we got tnt they show a bunch of yeah they show a bunch of strange reruns of stuff well like real tv law and order all the time yeah and i would watch tnt non-stop law and order see at least i think there is something when it's partial when it's fictionalized even if it's very similar 
to a case that was in the news. I think when it's fictionalized, it becomes slightly more ethical to use because you're not talking about the actual people this happened to. And it, there, it, it sort of takes on an irreverence and not like a good irreverence. Awesome. Uh, you want to like jump a, into the world, the murky world of ethics? I, I mean, so the reason why I think this phenomena has been discussed recently is because there's uh, the biggest podcast now on, on Patreon is True Crime Obsessed, which I've never heard of before, but it, it makes a, a fuck ton of money. And uh, the image is these two hosts soy facing as they uh, watch, as they as they recount their favorite true crime stories. But the thing about it is, like, everyone hears, like, everyone knows Bundy and Gacy. The, those have, they have become pop culture figures by now. Uh, so what's weird about the true crime genre and how it's evolved is now it's just covering weird local news and weird murders that happen throughout the country. Like, you know, a lot, it, it, like uh, Florida Man headlines. So it has that same sort of depravity as as when you indulge in the Florida Man headlines. Hmm. Huh, I didn't know that. Um, now they're basically just covering the local news. Well, they not not just that. They'll have like specials on on like the the super big guys, but they'll like do and what are the what are the murders of the week? Here's the murders of the week. I mean, they've been doing that since like the Ur like true crime show that had that tone was my favorite murder right mm. did you ever hear of that that no. was very popular Never heard of it like it, back in the day back in the day i mean, i think it started like a good six seven years ago um and so uh it, it, it people specifically women uh are are very into this genre it, it's become sort of this uh hallmark for uh, for people to in, enjoy this in a popular fa- I, I don't know what yeah. I'm saying. And I guess we said it. on the past on this show, you you do speak for women. You're I there. speak for women all the time. You're I have a female brain. You are you are there. I have a female yeah. 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 This is I know I know what it's like. I know the pain of womanhood. I, I empathize deeply. I watched the uh day the controversial Dave Chappelle special which was not uh, very funny. The controversial date. Yeah, and no, in which he says he thinks feminism would, would do better if they had a male leader, which uh, is, uh, let, me, it, let me just explain to you why that's funny. That's funny because it would not, instead, it, what you would expect would be, a, it would have a, as you see, a female leader. But very cleverly, Dave Chappelle switches the gender mm-hmm. at the, in that joke to change it so that it would instead be a male leader of the feminism. It's not what you expected. Wow. Um, it's different. It's different I had to, than I what I paused and thought. rewound, you know, to analyze that joke. Um, he, he's the greatest of all. He's a master of his craft. Yeah, as, like, as he was saying, transgender people go to him to take classes in how to be funny. And um, that's uh, <laughs> probably why they're getting killed all the time, actually, because they're just learning from Dave Chappelle. Well... Uh, the thing about it, the thing about it, Dave, is I'm addressing you, Dave. Now I don't, I don't care. I don't care about this fucking special. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like has a one to one relationship. People out there have been saying that you can connect this special to like uh, real world uh, effects no. for trans people. Maybe you can connect it to him. I not mean, you can definitely, you can definitely can not, not to any statistical certainty, but do, do I think to a group of people, this, you know, sort of normalizes a, a dismissal of real problems. Maybe, I don't know. I haven't seen the special, but, um, from, from what it. he says, he says he's team turf and, you know, what, what I found most bizarre when I was reading about it is that, so apparently he launches into this long diatribe about how he has this trans comedian friend mm-hmm. uh, who yeah, killed he specifically, herself. Specifically, that's what I was saying. He specific, and he says that she would like go to his shows because she was taking lessons. So I read that it was like, isn't that that sounds incredibly fucked up? Like to use a person who killed themselves and like can't speak for themselves to deflect criticism. That's like something I would do at my most petty. Mm. Like, uh, I, I'm not racist. My dead black friend who killed himself. Because that's why I can make all of these. <laughs> that's why I can make all of these jokes. 
Yeah, it would. Um, you can, like I said, you can skip it. I don't really want to talk about it too much, other than no. Um, who cares? It's been out for weeks at this point. They um, got me with the controversy thing. They got me to watch it. They got you to watch it. I mean, that's the that's the thing. That's what they want to do. That's why they're not shit canning it because the controversy makes a lot of gravy. Yeah. That's why the, the Netflix CEO in the meeting was like, "Oh, you mean the controversy that's making our numbers go up?" I have yeah. no comment. <laughs> yeah, what you gonna do? And you know, uh, this this walkout. I I think there is some calculated desire to have negative attention on this, uh, which is I don't know if because apparently they fired some uh, a trans staffer who was uh, protesting the special and had. Maybe leaked information. I don't know, but oh, uh, you can't leak I information. Think, I don't know. I don't know what was happening. When I, but I, I don't. I, Netflix are obviously cynical company attempting to play both sides of a culture war. Yeah, I mean the and, thing about getting mad at Netflix is like everyone's like forty percent of the people watching Netflix do so on a Roku, and Roku hosts all kinds of crazy shit. Like Roku <laughs> hosts OANN, the One American News Network. They host a, like a bunch of extremely right-wing conspiratorial shit, like mm-hmm. stuff that's way worse than Dave Chappelle's um, like uh, weird, his weird like didactic lectures series. And mm-hmm. I can't call it comedy. It's just like Dave Chappelle being a school teacher giving a lecture. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so if you want to be, if you want to be, if you want to learn something, what, what was really funny is in in the commercial before the special, it was another Morgan Freeman commercial because he's like he gets Morgan Freeman to narrate his shit, which is very Reddit, you know. And I say this as a person who is very Reddit, but it's like, oh, Morgan Freeman, get him to narrate. He's got the best. It's a very Reddit conceit, and the fact that he was Dave Chappelle also endorsed Andrew Yang, very Reddit. I'm going to go out and say that Dave Chappelle is a very Reddit guy. But Reddit he's, he's, is so pro-trans. Uh, yeah, but uh, you can still be you, you can still be uh, Reddit, and well, so there are pockets of anti-trans Yeah, there uh, are. There are pockets of anti-trans. You can still be Reddit, yeah. And I think Dave Chappelle fits neatly into that. I hate Reddit. I really fucking hate Reddit. Yeah, everybody hates Reddit. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very nerdy. Okay, so who's nerdy. your favorite serial killer? Who's my favorite serial killer? World. Uh, ever of all time? Ever of all time. No cu- countries, specifically any country, any person, any era. It's uh, Panzram. It's uh, it's always going to be Carl Panzram. Mm, Carl Panzram. How do you spell it? Pans? Carl P-A-N-Z. I say Zed because I'm Canadian. Yep, we not we R-A-M. know. Oh, oh, we know. Carl, you think Carl Panzer? I think we forgot you're Canadian. Well, there's lots of good Canadian serial killers. <laughs> Carl Panzer. Lots of good. Carl Panzer. What happens after the Z? The Z. R A M. R A M. Carl Panzer. Wow. Uh, he was a guy at the turn of the 20th century. And uh, he traveled all around the world, sodomizing boys and killing boys. And and uh, he read the rail. He rode the rails when he was a youngster, and that's when he first got sodomized and then turned it back on people. He was a yeg. He he was the he was the uh, ward of yegs. Yegs were uh, hobo sodomites who would ride the rails. But a very specific type. There's, and uh, he wrote a book about himself. And mm. He was very well spoken. Uh, and one time in prison, he had this very progressive warden that actually let him out for the night Ooh. if he promised to come back. Ah. And Carl Panzram, what most shockingly, did come back. It was uh, it was sort of a weird. His his adventures with this this strange warden was very. Uh, Interesting. It's a very interesting piece of true crime history, and a very interesting piece of like compelling piece of thought in the prison abolition. But also, I mean, there there are two types of serial killers, and I think the reason why people get obsessed with them is because the ones that are really haunting are the sympathetic ones. And I say sympathetic, obviously evil, unforgivable crime, blah blah blah. But you understand that it didn't have to be this way with them. 
Like there were things that could have intervened in their lives to like definite points in their, their lives where, where they made decisions or decisions were thrust upon them that if, if that hadn't been the case, they would have made it out okay, which is why, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer is sort of compelling because he's not a sociopath. He's a really fucked up guy, but he's capable of understanding and processing emotion, which makes it all the more terrifying. Like Bundy, you know, he's Shark Eyes uh, uh, killer. There's nothing There's nothing behind the eyes. But I think Pantheram is also one of these guys, one of these people that actually had a soul, which makes their choices all the more baffling and, and uh, mystifying. And there but for the grace of God go I. So, you know, that's why that's why I uh, knock one in for old Carl there. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, he is a pretty intense guy. Yeah. He had to go to reform school where he was repeatedly beaten and tortured and raped by staff members. Yes. It was, uh, the world made him. Oh, I mean, that's that's the thing with Carl Panzram is, like, you see where it comes from. Yeah, there's that, sometimes uh, you get the serial killer where, like, n- like, nothing is seemingly wrong with their upbringing, though. Yeah, that's Ted Bundy. That's yeah. Bundy all the way. There's nothing that should have made Ted Bundy that way that you can point to. There's my, no moment of intense drama. My favorite serial killer is the Washington Sniper, father, son... Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And the rare, there aren't a lot of black serial killers either, so that's that's a rare I one. really enjoyed that one as it was going on, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I remember I, I, was, I was in a pretty dark place as a, as a teen. <laughs> when you were a teen, yeah. And, I, and so I was like, hell yeah. I hope they mm-hmm. don't catch this guy. <laughs> it was two guys. It was, you know, well, that's something know to that do with your dad. Time. I, I really feel heartened. There, what, what's a, have they made like a heartwarming father and son bonding Washington sniper movie? Yeah, with Denzel Washington and um, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. No, no, no. It was gonna be. They need um, someone younger. Jalen Smith. Is that Jaden? Jaden. Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. Yeah. Uh, or Will Smith and Jaden. Fuck. Why not just get? Yeah, the- <laughs> that was a Washington sniper movie with Will and Jaden Smith. That would kick ass. I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. I love you, Dad. I love you, son. Were they were they actually a father and son, or was I he think like they were, adoptive? or was it was it an uncle and nephew, or something like that? Uh, I think it was a I think it was a father and son. And the guy the 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 younger of the two, Lee Boyd Malvo, yeah, just got a perfect serial killer name, Lee yeah, Boyd I, Malvo. Yeah, in Fargo they named they named oh he was only seventeen at the yeah. time. He was he was uh I think he I, I don't know the story, but he was probably manipulated by his, his dad, it seems. I don't think it's his dad. It's not his dad, I thought no. it was his dad. No. Nope. was it just a guy? They were just friends? I think stepped step boyfriend basically it's like i think his mom was in a relationship with him but that's not his dad uh-huh. okay that's why they have different names john allen muhammad and lee boyd malvo i mean yeah, yeah. He, like in... she she left the son with him when the son was like 14 sure he's his dad you know yeah, he's... stepdad basically that's fine. That's still a type of dad. Yeah, stepdad kind of late, though, like late in life, okay. Four, 14 okay. and on. They had some sort of familial relationship, yeah. though. Fucking... So, uh, so I guess it's going to have to be Denzel and uh, Jaden. Yeah. <laughs> you ever play, you know, you, you ever play catch with your dad? That's some bullshit. We're going out sniping. Yeah. <laughs> You ever go? Oh, you're going out to the lake, getting some fish. Bullshit. We're sniping. <laughs> yeah, I always. I mean, I oh, think you hunt deer? You fucking pussy. <laughs> it always it reminded me of that scene in the Jerk. I was like, they're doing the jerk on people. <laughs> you know? They're mad at all these cans. Hey, they hate these cans. There's like a serial killer <laughs> trying to shoot 
Steve Martin at the gas station, which is where they did their attacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lee Boyd Malvo and John Allen Muhammad watched The Jerk and stopped yeah, at that scene. Like, oh, damn, that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish The Jerk would inspire more serial killings. I wish Steve Martin movies would inspire more serial killings. Have you watched, speaking of true crime, have you watched the new Steve Martin show? No, you're right. There is a Steve Martin. Oh, my God. There is a Steve Martin. No. What's it called? Like Memories of the it, Murder it's House? It's called or... Last Murder on the Block, I believe. Oh, my And God. it's about people who are obsessed with true crime podcasts. There you go. I watched the first uh, episode of it, and I didn't, I didn't continue, but I would go back to it because it has, um, you know, your little Canadian export guy, Martin Short. Oh, he's he's wonderful. He's a wonder, wonderful actor. He's a wonderful actor. And I like that him and Steve Martin have uh, joined together at this point in their life. Steve Martin, I'm, I feel like is kind of cynical now. Yeah. I don't, I don't like how cynical he is. Uh, you mean he's only doing it for a paycheck? You know, he doesn't no. care about the craft There's anymore. There's something like behind his eyes that like got hardened. <laughs> like Martin Short still seems manic, though. Martin Short seems approachable, whereas Steve Martin does not. Like, it's not as bad as Chevy Chase, where you're like, I wouldn't talk to Chevy Chase if I was in no, an elevator with him. I would be actively scared of Chevy like, Chase if I was in an elevator. Please don't shoot do me, something. Mr. Chase. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't rub me. Stop rubbing me. Uh, he, uh, who, I don't care about comedians. I mean, those are the three nice. amigos, so. You're right. There are the three amigos. Uh, I haven't the, seen that movie. Is it good? You haven't seen? Did you? Did, did you not have Comedy Central in Canada? We did, but I, I guess I just never paid attention to the Three Amigos whenever it was on. It was on Comedy Central nonstop. We uh, didn't have Comedy Central. We have the Comedy Network in Canada. Uh, see, I'm right. Yeah, you didn't have. That's why I was suspicious of. We TNT. had. We had to pay. We had to play Canadian comedy movies like uh, like Strange Brew. And well, Martin Short's Canadian. And going berserk. Yeah, there are a lot of Canadian comedy movies. Uh, really bad Canadian comedy movies. Uh, I can't think of any uh, other than Strange Brew and Going Berserk. Mm. For some reason, my dad was obsessed with. He loves Going Berserk. It's like his favorite movie comedy of all time. It's this middling John Candy movie from 1981. Just thinks it's really funny. Uh, I guess you gotta have you gotta have those things you love, like true crime. You know, you gotta have. Everyone says you're a freak for liking it, but you know, there's also a true crime podcast for hacking now. Um, sure, which is hackercast. Like, that's been a, that's been its own entire um, subgenre. I actually stole some of the icons for the House of Decline website from one of one such podcast. <laughs> That's fine. It is uh, actually fine. The icons are not copyrighted or anything, so I can They're not NFTs. No. NFTs those icons. It'd be funny to to make your website like <laughs> have everything on every like yeah, a resource. Every asset. Every yeah. asset on the website is an NFT. <laughs> it's an you, NFT you can't yeah. you, you can't use that. <laughs> yeah. The heading the Yeah. Yeah. This is my NFT is uh, a 50 pixel by 600 long pixel red bar that says available for phone and video consultations. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And you 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 get uh, 80 bucks a pop anytime someone uses it. Hell yeah. Or more. I don't know. There's is the is, there isn't regulation on NFTs yet, is there? Um, no, you can't enforce that in any way. <laughs> um, no, there's no, that's there's not, no but that's not what they're claim. for. That's not what they're no. for. They're for, they're for a lot of things. They're for gambling, money laundering, and art. Yeah, and the of thing course the that art. I, like, what I like about them is not, is, is something like that doesn't, is not what they're being used for at all right now. I want everything, I want every single digital file to have a non-fungible token attached to it. And every single one. That's what I want. Yeah. I don't what? care about storing it as art. I think every single file needs to be unique. Why? Uh, that's going to change everything about, like, our paradigms around computing and software usage. So... Mm -hmm. And I think it would have a positive. It would turn 
like something sort of more tangible about mm -hmm. uh, the virtual spaces, which is, I think, sorely needed. It'll make things more weighty. Mm -hmm. uh, but, why, why, is, why is it not being weighty a problem now? Well, so, for instance, now you can just make a copy of files and they're indistinguishable. Mm -hmm. So if you can make a copy of a file, but then they're distinguishable, and, you know, that is making a sort of a record of everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. So then the government can use it to uh, police you. That's my idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I, you wouldn't well, download that... a video game, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I would download... What wouldn't I download? I wouldn't download a sickness. That would be bad. Would you they download a that. true crime podcast? I would download several from Crime Podcasts. <laughs> I'll download so do you, think, do you think they're bad for society? I, I, I think there are some people... I, I don't think they're bad for society. It's slop. I, I, people argue that it's inherently conservative because it's like pro-cop. But a lot of true crime podcasts are about how cops are utterly incompetent. It was like, uh, and, you know, the, the left line is, well, well, cops aren't there to solve murders. They're there to enforce the uh, strictures of power and enforce private property for the rich, which is true to some degree. Uh, but it's also like uh, you, you can get anti-cop true crime podcasts out there. That's not that's not a rare okay. thing. Are the, but the, so maybe those are the good ones that we should all listen to. I suppose they're the good ones. I don't know. Even the ones that I like are like, uh, we like cops when they actually solve murders. So I, I guess it is it's conservative true. We like in that McNulty. there's an inherent. Yeah, everyone likes McNulty. <laughs> McNulty fucks so hard. Oh, my God. He fucks <laughs> so fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> they show him in so many scenes where he's just fucking women. It's very <laughs> necessary to show how good McNulty fucks. You have to know this about the character. McNulty fucks like a goddamn fucking demon, and so do all good cops. All good cops know how to fuck. They may be uh, uh, beacons of infidelity. They may they may uh, drink too much, and they may hurt the ones they love, but goddamn, they fuck good. And that's what you need to know from true crime. But That's what po uh, true crime podcasts teach you. Mm. Hmm. Inherently right-wing in that way. Um... No, I think there's also the other fear is it's like making people specifically the the female audience that uh, gets targeted by these programs. It, it's designed to stoke their paranoia and make them think that everyone is out to get them. And well, I don't that's know kind, how that's kind of healthy, that though, isn't it? Like <laughs> I suppose uh, it, it, there should I I think there should be a balance. Like not everyone's like a serial killer, but uh, most but most people are right. Most people like are most people killers. are out there doing serial killer stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's the old. I I think that's also where the fascination lies. It's the old Joker thing, you know. One bad day, you know. Do could I do I have the capacity for that? And thinking about what goes into a person to make to make it such that they have the capacity for that. It's, uh, and you know, times in your life when you've been tempted yourself to do violence or to act out in impulsive rage or to where you've had an intrusive thought where you visualized injuring somebody, which I think everybody has, you're lying if you haven't, but then to understand the frame of mind that leads a person to actually go through with that, I think is, uh, Part of the fascination with the the fragility of our psyches you know oh yeah they're very fragile we could we are everyone is like one bad day away from snapping like you said it's just um, one that's why i don't go anywhere see anyone yeah i order all of my groceries from my phone mm -hmm. and i leave directions that say get out of my house <laughs> leave the groceries mm. and run uh, but serial killers, they're not even a thing anymore. No, that's because they all um, get snapped up by the government to ship overseas. They turn them <laughs> yeah. into Navy SEALs. They send them all to Ukraine mm -hmm. in order to collaborate with the Ukrainian fascists. No, no, I actually, I don't think, I think it's like the, the availability of the internet is maybe 
made it so it's there's less and or they're harder to detect because they learn mm. serial killers learn how to hide their tracks based on the availability of information on how every other serial killer has been caught for instance you can go to www.serialkillershop.com and just get you can well first off you can buy fa- like fanware you can buy t-shirts hoodies sweatshirts socks face masks mugs accessories art of serial killers that's um, a little that's a little morbid sure but i i don't know if people are into that if people want to sport a big john wayne gacy uh, that signals sort of what you're about yeah you want to get a what would jeffrey dahmer do hoodie it's 40 dollars <laughs> uh I mean, that's a case. I mean, you you can get very anti-cop from the Dahmer case because famously one of Dahmer's victims uh, escaped and uh, the cops, uh, fury, uh, thinking that, oh, this is just a weird gay thing, didn't investigate. He was like pleading with them for help. But Dahmer said, Dahmer came in the nick of time and he was like, oh, no, it's okay. I'll just take this kid back. And the stupid fucking Wisconsin cops. Uh, just for like, this is, it's a gay thing. This is, they can work it out among themselves. I think this kid was also like 13 at the time. And, uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, yeah, the, these fucking, these fucking cops remained on the force and, you know, were eventually commended. You know, there was no discipline. There was, there was nothing to, you know, a lot of serial killer stories will make you anti-cop. I think, uh, Robert Pickton too. Uh, that's the story of there was actually, and I don't know, I hesitate to use the word good cop because that's fraught, but there was a cop that is actually competent at detecting serial killers and he had a method for it. I I forget what his name was, like Kim, Kim something, but because of internecine jealousy within the police department, he was kept from investigating the string of murders that were happening to uh, sex workers in Vancouver, which is like, that's a great demonstration. The Robert Picton is a great demonstration of how the system of the police undermines its uh, own purpose. Well, he was also, Picton was feeding his victims to the pigs, and so the cops were like, hey, we're not going to take food out of our brother's mouths. Boom! Roasted! Get him! Get him! But yeah, I... I, <laughs> I, I think... Uh, I think uh, there, there. I don't know if you can make a woke true crime podcast. I, I think that is true. You can't make it, it's always inherently exploitative because you're reveling in something horrible. There's always a lurid aspect. There's not. You're lying if you pretend that you enjoy it purely for its instructional aspect. And I, I think that's what was also happening is in the reaction to. I think Emma Burquist. She's a she's a journalist, opinion creator. She wrote an article. And she had actually been stabbed, and she she wrote an article about how true crime is rotting our brains, and then there was a lot of backlash to it, specifically using the argument, uh, oh, this is instructional. It helps us, you know, prepare for the worst. But, you know, that's not, it's not why you listen to true crime. You listen to true crime because it's titillating, because it's, uh, it makes you feel weird and uncomfortable, and almost like a roller coaster. You know, it, it it's a way to... It's a way to get an emotion out of you, which is why you, you imbibe it, not because it's educational. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, also, it's kind of why Shakespeare always had his plays end in a bloodbath. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's a great strategy. Yeah. It's like, okay, now, now there's going to be blood spurting everywhere. It's, you know, we like violent movies. Same kind of reason. Mm-hmm. Well, when it's pretend, you know, it's it's a way to it's a way to feel the rush of adrenaline without actually being in danger, which is, you know, I think one of the great one of the great positives about entertainment is why in in the words of recreation as in recreation, understanding the world around us by creating a safe zone in which we can experience these. I think, you know, that that's good. Uh, a death safe space is is sort of what I'm saying, mm. I guess. And I don't think that's I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it it becomes exploitative, especially you know when you have podcasts that do the thing where it's like we're talking about the death of this horrible. We're talking about Gabby Petito, and now you have our ad for you know is your mortgage get a reverse mortgage? You'll get it. You'll do well. 
be funny if they have ads for it. I don't know if that's the target. I don't think these. podcasts advertise reverse mortgages. That's the, the ones to, to the old people. I guess, uh, <laughs> are there any old people podcasts? No, old people do not know what a podcast is. Most of them. That's true. Still. They're that like, a what now? Radio. Who, what? Who, how? Who, how? What now? What, how? Who? They're always confused and asking questions because they're beset with Alzheimer's. Yeah. They, they just ask who, how, what, and now with an like, implied question. Who, how, now, what? What? Now? Who? Mm-hmm. Now what? Do- yeah. Dr. Demento? More like Dr. Dementia. Mm. Whoa! He doesn't remember his child's face. He's Dr. Dementia. He he doesn't know where he is, and he's constantly melancholic. It's Dr. Dementia, the wow. hot new comedy character. This bit sucks. Yeah, it's, it was funny. It's funnier than Chappelle's special. <laughs> no, I haven't seen the special. I, he, there, there was one joke you know, in the description that made me laugh when he talked about his black cells fighting. Fighting the Chinese cough. No, I didn't like that either. I didn't like any joke at all in that special. None of the jokes worked? Nope. I don't don't like his... And you know what? I don't like his other stuff. I don't like his show. What? No. I I don't think I'm Rick James bitch is funny. I don't that think that wasn't I that got over so I mean the rest of that is very funny. I don't you don't think laugh what, at when he punches his head and it goes unity. <laughs> I thought that's that's no. the funny part of that sketch. No, no, no. Unity. The only <laughs> funny comedian is Mitch Hedberg and that's it. Yeah, Mitch Hed Well, it's cuz uh I think they were talking about I I the 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 late great Sridhar Ramesh. He's not late. His account just got suspended. He's not dead. But I, I once was commenting on, he was talking about, I think you should leave mm-hmm. the Tim Robinson show, which is very popular. And he's talking about, it's kind of average. The sketches are all the same. It's like a yelling guy that's disruptive. But then someone pointed out, what's interesting about it is like, it's the, I think why people respond to it is because it's the only show that's just trying to be funny and like nothing else. There's no, no greater there's some experience. Other th- there's some you have. soul to it. There's some soul to it. I really like I I could write I was thinking when I was watching it, I was like, I'm I, I could write a whole long essay about this show. I yeah, like it a lot. I, yeah. Sec I thought the second season was as good as the first season. There's a lot to it. I I, I think, you know, one of the one of the uh words that gets thrown around a lot in the leftosphere is alienation. They talk about how we are powerless to change things because we have this force of entertainment and this society of relating to each other, which is constantly alienating. And that is that is the essential comedy of I think you should leave. This guy is behaving in a way, some guy is behaving in a way that is alienating himself from the rest of the group. And everyone looks on in stunned silence as he <laughs> continues to do this thing. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I love that show. Um, yeah, it's a great show. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what you said about Mitch Hedberg is what makes Mitch Hedberg great is that he's only trying to be funny. You know, I yeah. mean, there is soul to Mitch Hedberg, but you pick it up incidentally because yes. the thing that comes first is. Uh, I don't is I the do jokes. not understand these issues. Comedians like they are it. It used to be you could tell a comedian sucked because he would constantly do crowd work, right? He would constantly basically pick someone in the crowd to roast. And mm-hmm. he wouldn't have any actual jokes other than insults, right? Yeah. But now, those can be very funny. That's, I'm not, I'm that is better than what we have yeah. now, which is yeah. comedians who talk about social issues. Yeah. Like, and I think it kind of started with George Carlin, and he was so great and so influential that... I was started with Lenny Bruce... And then even Lenny Bruce is trying to be funny more than <laughs> yeah. these guys. Like Lenny Bruce got in trouble for being funny in a profane way, and then the cops like beat him up and arrested him, and then he started talking about that. But I mean, yeah. But he was. I mean, there was this. I I think uh, that's what people are inspired by. The late uh, end of his career, his sermonizing aspect, and I and, and sermonizing has always been a part of stand-up comedy, in, in my view. I mean, uh, look at Sam Kinison, who was the one of the most popular guys, and he was a literal preacher at one point. Uh, or uh, I think the guy that most embodies that and created 
the modern version of that style is Bill Hicks, right? Yeah, everyone he, fucking. He's like a contemporary of George Carlin, though. Who I feel like Carlin was bigger. Uh, Carlin was big, but Carlin also he didn't lean like he he would occasionally just do jokes. Yeah, he did on top was, of like uh, like the dog like, farts. Yeah. Uh, Uh, No, I know uh, my thoughts. Those are dog thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Whereas, like, Bill Hicks was all sermon all the time. And another another guy who was a preacher. Yeah. He was, he, so, yeah, that sort of preach come. And people are, like, blaming Nanette for this. It's like, no, no, this, this predates Nanette. This is always, this has always been a feature. I mean, because stand-up comedy in a lot of ways is like a sermon. It's one guy and he's offering a point of view and uh, you can use the rhetoric of humor in order to illustrate a point very effectively. Uh, because I, I guess the, the, the basic element of, of humor structure is that something unexpected happens, right? Like you said, Dave Chappelle is like, you, would, you wouldn't expect a man to be a good leader of a feminist group. Yeah. That's how... Whoa! You're blowing my mind. So, but in that, the root of all comedy is like this: you you have this logical expectation, and then that expectation is diverted in some way, and that can teach you that can that can teach you the logic behind something, or it can make you accept a logic behind something, which is why I think people can actually use it effectively for political speech. I mean, look at Donald Trump. I think he you, he was he's Donald Trump is the greatest stand-up comic of all time. Fuck all these other guys. Donald mm. Trump is way funnier. I don't know. He's not the greatest. He's the greatest stand-up of all time. So we hope about Bob Hope. <laughs> he didn't write his own jokes. He was he was a weird guy. Bob Hope was a weird guy. Uh, he he beat his wives. I don't know if he beat his wives. Only the Canadian ones. <laughs> Uh, talking about Canadian serial killers. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did Picton. We did Picton. Uh, one of the recent we had a recent one in Canada, in Toronto, and Bruce MacArthur. Wow. Who was and I was at the uh, meetings at, at the, in Church in Wellesley while that was going on. What, uh, you were at your what? Some kind of Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. I, yes, I was at my I was at my uh, Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Mm-hmm. I was at my uh, D- Dave Rutherford says hi. It's Dave Rutherford from Narcotics Anonymous. He's my friend. Hmm. Oh, uh, you're not supposed to use uh, last names. That's okay though. Uh, no, he told me that in confidence, but he's okay. He he wants everyone to know he does drugs. He's 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 we're, we're having we're starting a new group called Narcotics Named. And we're going to be out there, you know, we're not going to be shamed anymore. We're going to use our full names and addresses and social security numbers okay. <laughs> in order to prove a point. That's cool. Yeah. Narcotics named. So, uh, so Bruce, I, Bruce I was Mac- at my narcotics named meeting. And uh, <laughs> you were talking about, Bru- you guys were all talking we were about, talking Bruce, about MacArthur. Bruce MacArthur. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he was, he was cutting a, he was cutting a tear through the old gay village there in Toronto. And, you know, uh, uh, for... For years, he had preyed on only um, uh, Muslim men, primarily, because I think he reasoned that they didn't really have a support network. They weren't really telling anybody they were gay. And there is uh, less of a there is less of a public outcry for brown men because the, the big the big network of the gay community with all the media connections is still largely white. And I think that proved to be true because as soon as he killed like a white guy with connections to the larger gay community, Andrew Kinsman, that's when they 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 caught him and they wouldn't reveal he was a serial killer. Everyone would say, "Oh, it's a serial killer. It's a serial killer. That's the reason why this guy's missing." And the Toronto police were like, "No, it's not a serial killer." And but but th- this is what the Toronto police always do is that they underestimate the public and think they're going to send them into a panic when they know it's it's a guy. They did this with with Bernardo too, where they didn't release uh, like yeah. the composite sketch of him to the public for years because they had this yes. underestimation, this lack of public trust. I, let me have, I have so to, I, let me interject a thing here. That is a common pattern with the authorities. There's a 
blog guy named Tanner Greer that goes into this. Um, the authorities made the same mistake with COVID. They did not release information about COVID because they were fearful of a public panic. And what Tanner Greer uh, reveals in his blog, I think it's really, really insightful. It's that the real fear that they have is not that we will panic and like run roughshod. It's that we will lose um, confidence in their authority. Mm. So that is why they withhold information. They are actually the ones who are in a panic and that they're in a panic because they're unable to figure out what's going on. I, th I mean, I think that is not just a problem of capitalism, but just a problem of vertical structure. I'm sure you could point to stories of the Soviet Union where information was withheld from the public to the state's detriment because mm -hmm. the state was worried its authority would be undermined. Yeah, if they had like, released there. the information about COVID that they knew at the time, yeah. then it would have probably been better. But, you know, what? Yeah. you don't want everyone to panic. Which isn't Soviet bashing. We love the Soviets here. Not I, I am indifferent. I like the rest of them, though. I am indifferent to their suffering. I like Lenin. <laughs> like Khrushchev. Nah, Antropov can take him or leave. Take or leave him. We don't like Gorby because he did Glasnost. <laughs> and he made us boo, capitalists. Boo. The Pizza Hut in, in Gorky Square. In Gorky Park. I don't know what it's called. I don't know shit about the Soviets. All I know is true crime. The Soviet serial killer Andrei Chikatilo is oh, another Oh, that's guy. a thing we could look up. The top five Soviet serial killers. Sorry top five Soviet me. serial killers? Soviet. I'm sure Chikatilo is number one. Chik I, I couldn't Chikawa? name another one. Chikahuna? Chikatilo. Andrei Chikatilo. List of the most dreaded of serial killers in Rostov? Russia. No, number one is Tamara Samsonova. What? A lady? Yeah. Tamara Samsonova, a Russian serial killer, arrested July 15th on suspicion of committing two murders. What? This oh, list. that's that's nothing. That's this, loser. Loser this, number. What? You see, okay, you see, this is what I'm talking about. True crime has escalated just to this local news murders at this point. That's how thirsty we are to just to ha have these stories. Okay, th uh, this list is bad. This is just a, it's a bad. The next, yeah, the next bad, one is yeah. is of course Andre Chikatilo. Yes, Andre Chikatilo. He's a, he's a real deal. He's he's he he's his numbers in the forties. Fifty six. It says fifty six people. Fifty six. Yeah, that we know of that are confirmed. I oh, mean, the top always, serial killers I always are all... saying that that we know of. That I, we know. Of. I add that to most of my statements now. <laughs> like, like uh, uh, my wife's like, when's dinner? I'm like, uh, it's uh, to five thirty that I know of. No, that's not a good example. That was. It's like when you're. What are? The, how <laughs> many bagels are there today? There are three types of bagels that as know we of. know yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. That uh, I what know kind of, of coffee there may did you be, get? There may be more bagels. <laughs> there may be more types of bagels. I don't know. It's a big universe out there. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't think of any good examples. I'm saying it all the time, though. I'm saying it constantly, just that incorrectly. Yeah, you're using it out of context. Constantly. Oh, here's a, you know? another list linked on the serial killer list: is male celebs with the hottest lips. Nice. Which ones? Which ones have the hottest lips? I want to know. Like Justin Timberlake, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp. I can't picture his lips. Uh, I can picture Tom. Tom Hardy has the hottest lips. I thought that was a, a known. Uh, Brad Pitt. He's got a nice pair of lips. Yes. Tom Hardy's on there. Tyson. Okay. Tyson Beckford looks like he has like lip surgery. I don't know who Tyson Beckford is. Uh, generally, he plays characters named Tyson on shows <laughs> okay i think he's like uh, a male model um i right. think most of the time they have to cast him as tyson because you know he's not too bright uh okay. henry cavill got some nice lips sure um here we go cord overstreet you know this guy Ooh, tyson beckford okay i see what he's doing i see Do you know cord overstreet cord that's not a name cord that's not a name he's our age he's 32 he's uh, uh I don't know Cord, what he does. He looks like uh, he looks like a, a, a knockoff Brad Pitt. He looks like the off-brand Brad Pitt. Yeah, he kind of looks like a bunch of different oh, male celebs morphed together. 
Uh, kind of has a Matt Damon thing going on. He's a he's a he's from Glee. That's that's all I know. Hmm. Well, Cord is a really strong and powerful name. Cord. Yeah. Cord. 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 Hi, I'm Cord. It's <laughs> like naming your kid Gord. Yeah. It. it <laughs> Gord. <laughs> yeah. I. It, I think. Uh, yeah. I think. Uh, if you want to know anything about Canada, just say the name Gord, and suddenly you're there. You know, you collect all these Proustian sense memories by just uh, verbalizing Gord. <laughs> it's the magic Canadian word. Are there any hey, Canadian Gord. serial killers who played in the N- NHL? Uh, I don't know about serial killers. I wonder if there are NHL players who are murderers. Yeah. Probably. There you go. That's a true crime. NHL players who are murder chris benoit is a, a wrestler who was a murderer yeah was he canadian uh nhl players who have been charged with serious crime nice uh this is getting into the direction homicide. i want the podcast to go into which is lists yes we're just gonna be more listicles yeah we're like just we're gonna, gonna read lists, lists to you the, the audience yeah, we're just going to become podcast to pod about lists. Is that what that, that one, funny Don't listen to that show. Listen to this show. show. But is that what that show's about? I think that's 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 the gag. Is they read various lips, but the three unusually funny guys and their takes on. And we are two depressed, unemployed pieces of shit. <laughs> we're, we're a bunch of jerks. <laughs> we're pure jerks. There's no reason to love us, but uh, except for our constant coverage of nhl players who have been charged with serious crimes danny heatley pleaded guilty to four misdemeanor charges in exchange for prosecutors dropping charges of first degree vehicular homicide and reckless driving which uh, could have meant up to 15 years in prison heatley was also ordered to make 50 speeches a year for three years about the perils of speeding his car was required to have a mechanism to prevent it from exceeding 70 miles an hour i guess he killed somebody his uh, car had a mechanism. Craig Damn. They 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 put a mechanism. Uh, I can't wait till we a have lot of like, car crashes. Like the body, like the bio body mods, and then the government can be like, "We're installing a mechanism in your body that will prevent you from doing crimes." It attaches into your brain. Like uh, I watched uh, just to wrap up the show. I watched uh, two movies this week. I watched The Polka King, starring Jack Black. That's and that's a funny movie. I a watched true crime movie. Uh, Possessor, which Possessor is, that rules. That movie rules. Directed by um, uh, one of the Cronenbergs. Now there's multiple Cronenbergs, which multiple is Cronenbergs. like very Rick and Morty of Cronenberg to spawn more it's, Cronenbergs. It's funny. It's funny. You remember the show? Now it's in real life. <laughs> it's a Cronenberg, Morty. So it's, it's directed it's by a Cron. I think son of Cronenberg. Is Brandon Cronenberg? Yeah. Is the director, and it features Toronto in all its beautiful ugliness. It's so funny how it's in Canada. It's like businesses in in the future in Canada are doing corporate espionage by controlling people's brains using some kind mm-hmm. of matrix technology. Very cool movie. Watch Possessor and The Polka King back to back, like I did. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's just going to be, we're a true crime podcast from now on true crime, it's house of true crime, uh, tune in next week where we're going to talk about more women being murdered horribly, just women ending it up on all sorts of pieces, you know, just, uh, cut like hamburger and, and, and cut through a sieve and you know shaved with a cheese grater and you know cutting the webbing between their toes with a piece of paper oh it's the worst and then uh putting orange juice in those wounds and then oh no it's uh, more things that are bad it's true crime true crime all the time uh get our boner pills get your boner pills for true crime